welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm your host, Dean Zarbaugh. Today's show is sponsored by House of Helga. Are you a brewery looking for some vibrant, stunning artwork to slap on that freshly bottled or canned beer? Or maybe you're a brewery starting up and just need help coming up with a logo. If so, contact House of Helga for all your design needs. They've worked with Masthead, Streetside, and yours truly here at the Taproom Exclusive. Check out Kyla's entire portfolio of incredible work at houseohelga.com. On today's show, I chat with Brick and Barrel's brewer and founder Carl Spiesman over their tasty McTavish Wee Heavy and the 60 Shilling Scottish Ale. But first, a taste of what's going on in the craft beer world with this week's Tasting Glass, brought to you by Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. Attention Bookhouse Brewing fans, the Ohio City Brewery will be releasing their first beers in cans on Saturday, August 31st. The cans that will be available to purchase at the brewery are Celestial Map IPA that will be available in 6-pack 12-ounce cans that will retail for $11.99, and Island Gigantism, which is a double dry hopped double IPA that will be in 4-packs that will sell for $13.99. Quantities are limited, one case per person on both beers, please. Be on the lookout for these cans wherever fine craft beers are sold as they will be hitting distribution on Monday, September 2nd. Follow Bookhouse Brewing on Facebook for more information at facebook.com slash bookhousebrewing. Some exciting news for fans of former Willoughby Brewing Company brewmaster Rick Seat. It was announced on Facebook that Rick has landed a new gig at a brewery called Clag Brewing Company owned by the awesome people of Small City Tap House in Sandusky. Clag is set to open in 2020. Congratulations to everyone involved. I can't wait to get up to Sandusky and try some brews soon. And speaking of Willoughby Brewing Company, it seems they have gotten themselves into some hot water due to the illegal live streaming of the UFC heavyweight match on their Facebook page Saturday night. Facebook has suspended the Willoughby Brewing Facebook page for three days, and they are also looking at a pretty hefty fine coming their way. The owner of the company didn't make things any easier for himself Monday morning by refusing to take responsibility for his actions, instead slandering a person within the craft beer community in the process. Sorry folks, loving our champion and feeling everyone should have the opportunity to watch isn't a valid excuse to break the law. More on this story as it develops. Per Rob Tittle at Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News, MacArthur's Brewhouse in Cuyahoga Falls is close to securing a second location to house a bigger brewery and restaurant. Last week, owner Kevin MacArthur told Rob that they are close to pulling the trigger on a location in Kent. They are not at liberty to disclose the proposed location as the deal has not been finalized, but trust us when we say it will make a great destination brewery for the college town of nearly 30,000 residents, which currently only has one brewery. To stay up to date on this story and so much more, go to facebook.com slash N-E-O-C-B-N. All right, my interview with Carl Spiesman, brewer for Brick and Barrel in Cleveland, Ohio, is up next. Welcome back to the Taproom Exclusive here at Brick and Barrel. I'm with Carl Spiesman, brewer and founder of Brick and Barrel. We've moved on to the McTavish Wee Heavy. I don't know that I've actually talked about Wee Heavies on, uh, on this show before, so talk a little bit about the style Am I correct? Is we heavy and a Scottish ale a interchangeable term, or is there are there differences in those two styles? Um, a Scottish ale is a Scotch ale and a we heavy are pretty. They're similar. It's okay. just any given day. You know, some some people say that a Scotch ale is different from a we heavy by BJCP guidelines or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, to me, we heavy is just kind of like a name. 
that's gotcha. the Scottish people used as like, whoa, that's a wee heavy beer yeah. instead of like labeling it. It's that's a wee a, heavy, yeah. not a Scotch ale. Yeah. So you'd get a Scotch ale in a pub. It's big. It's, you know, usually in the seven and a half to eight and a half, nine percent range. In the United States here, you know, we we kind of create our own guidelines sometimes. So you might get a wee heavier Scotch ale. It could be 10 to 11, maybe even right. 12. Yeah. In your barley wine those. kind of world. Even like British barley wines aren't oh, even yeah. always that big. You know what I mean? So. Right. But over there, the big beer for them is over like 6%. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not trying to talk crap. I'm just no, saying no, that's no, a generalization. Just a yeah, <laughs> just a damn fact. But um, so, um, so uh, you know, a Scottish ale, you know, they, they, they call them in things like 60 shilling, 70, 80 shilling, um, just to, as far as how light it is in ABV. Oh, okay. It's always going to have that malt character. Um, Which I love. Yeah, it's fun, you know, and, and it's a nice malty beer that can be anywhere between like, it could be in like the high twos to, you know, low threes, you know what I yeah. mean? And that's what this one is, but, um, or we're drink we're drinking the 60 shilling now because I don't have any McTavish we have you right now besides in the maple bourbon barrels, um, which is, you know, pretty big and Swedish. But, uh, so I, I have that in cask right now, the McTavish we have you. But, nice. um, so, um, yeah, so right now this is a 60 shilling. It's 3.3% alcohol. Um, but, uh, yeah, the McTavish we heavy, it's, it's, this is only 3.3% alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. You blew yeah. my mind right now. <laughs> like the, I've had some like lower alcohol content mm-hmm. beers before and sometimes they're flavorful. This is, this is, I would legitimately thought this was seven. Okay. In just yeah. the flavor profile of it. Not, yeah. I'm not saying that's too heat. I'm not, there's no, none of that heat. Right. But just based on flavor, I never would have thought that this was 3.3. Yeah, man. They're, wow. They're, they're fun. Like, you know, you can have fun with, uh, you know, British-style light, you know, sessionable beers. Yeah. But they, you can also add so much flavor to them and still create that body and mouth feel that you get in heavier beers. And then when you put it on cask, you know what I mean, then you get all different world of flavors. Right. And it just, to me, those, those, those beers are like heaven- in the right environment, especially, you know, real ale. So I did do some of it on real ale, but, um, that, that has since blown out, but, um, so yeah, this one's on CO2 and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's got like a base of, uh, you know, a Scottish, uh, ale malt, which you can interchange with like Maris Otter or even another, another okay. British pale malt, um, or anything you want really, but American pale malt too. But, um, so that's what I did is I did an all Scottish beer. Um, so it's Scottish, uh, ale malt. And then I use Scottish specialty malt, which is some caramel malt. Okay. Maybe it like a little bit of chocolate, just for color and a little yeah. bit of flavor. Um, but it's got like some you know dark crystal, um, which is like the equivalent to like it could be a you know a um, eighty uh, lava bond crystal okay. caramel malt. So, anyways, besides that, that's pretty much all it is, and it's uh, Edinburgh yeast strain, Scottish yeast strain. That's it, man. You know, you make a light beer, a table beer, and uh, session beer. And let it ferment out. Try not to let it get too estuary or anything. And mm. all the, you know, those light beers are hard to do sometimes because everything, yeah. you put it all on your sleeve there, it's going to pop out. If there's any kind of off flavor, yeah. esters kind of lurking around. But at the same time, you got some caramel malts and things. So, yeah, it's a fun beer, 3.3. And But uh, the Wee Heavy is the big brother, you know, of it. It's uh, it's usually rocking like 8.5 to 9.5. Nice. I've gotten it accidentally to 10.5. <laughs> it know? happens. So, yeah. And um and that one's just a big malty awesome caramely fun beer. You yeah, know I mean I do do a little kettle caramelization in that beer, meaning that I'll run off uh, some of the first runnings of the wort. And okay. just since I have the luxury of having uh, direct fire, it has its pros and cons, of course. Um, that's a big time pro. Okay, some kettle caramelization. So nice. Do a little kettle caramelization, pop it in there, and just let it rock. You know, in the boil kettle, and then um, 
it's a fun beer, you know, and uh, it's good. You, you know. mentioned you uh, in the first episode you kind of spent time mm-hmm. a bit around the world, um, brewing and you know exploring beer. Mm-hmm. Was that how you came into this style? Is this something that you you discovered in your in your travels? What made you decide? Hey, I want to do this uh, like a, a wee heavy. Yeah, I mean, I think what I don't really even know. Um, Never traveled to Scotland, but um, you know I have a grandpa that's from Scotland, and so I uh, I was infatuated with the Scottish heritage when I was a kid. I okay. even think I got yelled at in kindergarten for speaking with an accent that I didn't have because it was so weird funny. as all hell. <laughs> so weird, dude. But um, they held me back in kindergarten anyway. So just doing your Scotty from Star Trek impression, <laughs> yeah, exactly the whole damn day. So uh, I got yelled at a lot about that. But um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I was just infatuated with Scotland. But then when I got into beer, um, I loved British beer, even though over here you're getting like like. Hundred-year-old or hundred-day-old uh, beers yeah, on shelf right. and stuff, which is like, oh, great, a yeah, buttery, cool. you know, Bengal IPA or whatever. <laughs> but um, but no, so like I tasted my my first Scottish ale, like Scotch ales, like you know, like maybe like Skull uh, Skull Splitter, oh okay, Orkney yeah. Skull Splitter, and then some other ones like the Alesmith. Um, their Scotch ale is amazing. Yeah, um, Alesmith does some pretty good stuff. It's fantastic. But then as you're like drinking through all these beers, you're like, wow, I like these malty beers, and but I, that one just hit it for me. I like the barley wines too, but I was like, man, there's something a little bit different that I like more. When I was drinking them, so I go around the craft brews and try them and stuff. But um, but yeah, I just I love the British beers and I liked the wee heavy when I had them nice and uh, that was kind of really it, you know. Yeah. It's it just so you get another eureka moment. Like I love this style of beer and I want to do it. And it wasn't even that nobody's really doing it. I never really thought like that. Like mm-hmm. oh, I got to do something nobody's doing because I do stuff that everybody's doing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone's got an IPA and a Kolsch. Like, right. So obviously I don't really think like that. If I was, well, I'd right. have like a tart lineup for you <laughs> and hazy something. But um. No, I don't. I have a right. 60 shilling. Ooh, it's yeah. exciting. It hey. drives into the tap room. People right. waiting around the corner for the 60 shilling. In kilts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so the, the we have, I just love it, and it's fun. And, um, yeah, my grandpa used to call me uh, Sandy McTavish when I was little. So, like, oh, I nice. don't know what that means, and it's, like, some kind of, like, folklore. He'd sing it. Yeah. And it was, like, weirdly Scottishly fun song. But uh, so that's it. Yes. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, I'll call it the McTavish we have, and um, that's it yeah i just love that beer you know and it's fun to make and you know it's one of those things you get excited about because you can put it in cask you can put it on nitrogen nitro you know like what does that do to it like how does that change the profile so do you mean uh cask cask, cask nitro real ale? yeah so real l uh real l is you ferment inside of the con- of the of the container that okay. it's going to be being poured from gotcha so they're called firkins or pins that we use now there's other ve- vessels i used back in the day but mm-hmm. we'll just go with that um so they're stainless steel little, they look like kegs, but they're on their side usually, even though now there's ways to pour them from the top yeah, vertically. But horizontally, you'll see them like at Beer Fest or if someone has a cask real ale program in their bar or brewery. So what you do is you, to do it right, is you ferment the beer. You know, you could do it this way, which is what I do, is ferment it in the fermenter. Um, and then towards the end of fermentation, I'll drop it to about 55 degrees just to okay. get some yeast off, a little mm-hmm. bit of yeast. You don't want a big cloudy, hazy beer coming into your yeah. glass, but you want some yeast in there maybe a little bit of sugar still left in there if you did need to add a little bit of sugar priming sugar in your in your uh, firkin or pen to kind of reactivate that it's kind of okay. like bottle conditioned beer you yeah. know what i mean but it's going to be in a stainless steel either five or ten gallon gotcha. uh, cask or, fir- or firkin or pen so all that's what i do is i then i i take it from the fermenter um i add a little bit of priming sugar I'll, i used to add like an icing glass or some kind of gelatin fining but I realize it just it sits for like you know two to six weeks depending on the beer, yeah. And it filters out itself. It kind of settles out itself. Okay. Your first pint pool might yeah. be a little hazy, but that's it. After that's that, it's just it's sitting there and it's fine. Yeah. So I try not to mess with it too much. So 
So what I'll do is at you know 55 degrees, I'll put into the uh, into the cask, and then it'll sit in room temp, depending on any kind of give the 60 shilling set for two weeks. The wee okay. heavy will sit for four to six weeks. Okay. And what that does is that sugar that's in there and the yeast that's in there, they act, they reactivate, they gotcha. referment each other, or not referment, but um, and then uh, that's it. It creates a little bit of carbonation inside of that cask, not enough to where it's going to be gushing when you pump it out, but yeah. enough to where it's going to add a little body, add a little flavor, and then uh, add a little head retention and um. From there, you want to you you know you put it in the cooler, let it crash. You vent it about twenty four hours before, just to kind of release any kind of crazy carbonation okay. that did get in there. And then you you tap it, you tap nice. it, and then you pump it on your cast, and you keep it at you know fifty degrees in your cooler, and uh, it gets in your glass hopefully about fifty five degrees. And nice. now you have a real L, like you know it's meant to be. Like drink. It's not. Yeah, you're not having a tank of carbon dioxide put up to a, um, a little carb stone and pumped in CO two. Right. You're using you know an older method of uh, creating that carbonation. So when I first started, so I had a, <clears throat> going to the Scotch Ale, I, I first had a Scotch, I was a little uh, hesitant to try, just, uh, my dad is always a big Scotch drinker, nice. and so I take a couple sips of his every now and then <laughs> growing up, and it, he liked those big peaty, like, uh, just Eily era, yeah. yeah, smoky Scotch, and I, that wasn't me. I was more like the Highland, like McAllen's, yeah, and something a little smoother. So I was always a little worried that it was going to have that big peat, like that right. peat flavor of like a Scotch. Like it's mm-hmm. just my mind. I hear that. I'm like, but then I try it, and I, it's a completely different style. But Elliot Ness Amber Lager was one of the first beers I craft beers I ever had, and it, I liked that malt profile. Mm-hmm. And I know I was like, oh, so this is. Just something in that sort of family, in that it's a malt forward beer. I'm like, oh, this is really good, and it really opened my eyes. And I think it just goes. There's certain words that sometimes you throw into something in a name, and it, people might get the wrong idea about something. And then you got to try it to kind of get over that mental block. Right. No, that's 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 um, educating the the consumer. You know what I mean? Not to be a like a jerk, sound like oh. a jerker. But, um, you know, when I worked in wine or beer, you know, and I was at a, at a show or just doing a tasting or pouring, I'll, I'll, you start to do like your regurgitation of the notes. You're right. like, well, this is, you know, this and this and this. It's got notes of lychee or pineapple, raspberry. I'm like, oh, and not to be, you know, not to sound like on the other side, you take it in as a jerk thing in your head, but they're like, oh, so you put raspberries and lychee. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's flavor. The, the flavors come from this. These kind of flavors come from this grape or this grain and mm-hmm. hot profile. And like, oh. So you're like, wow, you really got to like think outside the box. Like, yeah. man, you forget that people don't understand what you're doing inside this. Yeah. Facility every day, and that's nothing on them. It's just they're not no, sitting at absolutely. home reading like how to make wine or they don't need to know that. They just want to enjoy the damn sh- stuff, you know. So, so yeah. Uh, to go back, what you're saying is, yeah, that it's it's a Scotch ale, and it is. It sounds deceiving because people go like, oh, I don't like PD smoky. Mo-. And I I just talked to a buddy the other day. I said we're going canoeing. I'm like, I'm gonna bring a Scotch. Like, ah, I don't really want to drink a PD smoky, uh, you know, Scotch ale on a canoe trip. Like, I, did, I was gonna bring like an Highland. Yeah. I mean, every single scotch is right. peaty and smoky. You know what I mean? So it's when you say region. that right away, people think it's going to be peaty and smoky. So same thing with the scotch. They think it's going to be peaty and smoky. And you're like, oh, no, it's just pretty malty. I'm like, yeah. then you have to go kind of like help them backwards. Like, okay, have you ever had a barley wine? No. You try to figure yeah. something else. Like I said, the Elliot Ness, have you ever had the malty? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. So it's like that. I'm like, yeah, on a larger spectrum, maybe a little bit more caramel or something. But um, And then they'll t- try and like, wow, I didn't think I would like this. Yeah. But a lot. the, the other thing is, too, is like the brewers have a, I don't know the word, but they ha- they should be treating the consumer as they don't 
No, or like, because now they're, they'll put something in that might not be a traditional. Like, they might put peat smoke. Not saying it's bad because they're probably right. delicious beers, but now they're going to think that all Scotch ales are supposed to have or have it. And traditionally, they don't. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's, you know, can deceive the consumer because they're not, they don't have to study. But at the same time, we have the, can't think of the word, but the brewers should be, you know, yeah. educating their people and not kind of baffling them. There was a yeah. lot of baffling going there, on. You we're shouldn't like, expect everybody crap, to know the you know? BJCP guidelines. Yeah, of every exactly. Style. Yeah, it's just so, all those things. Exactly, man. So, and you know, we should be, you know, treat, you know, we should be helping them out, you know, because when we're we're adding so much stuff into beer nowadays, that I think every time you make an IPA, someone might think they're supposed to be tangerine every time in it, right? You know what I mean? And that's fine because it's a fun world right now. But at the same time, it's it's hard, you, can, you know. It's a broad spectrum. You might not like my beer because it didn't have Pete's, you know, yeah. smoked malt in it. But um, so yeah, that's. With this being lighter, the the sixty shillings here, a mm-hmm. uh, little lighter in alcohol content. What would you say if you're eating, if you're going to eat with this? How would you pair with something this like one's this? Awesomely fun. I mean, obviously, again, the we were talking about Kolsch a while back. You can't do more of the lighter, uh, probably lighter uh, dishes. It's going to mask some of those flavors. Yeah. But this one, actually, now you can kind of get some of the middle of the world and even more into the dessert world. We can have some desserts with it, you know, and have you know some like you know bigger desserts. More the like chocolates and malty, uh, caramely kind of thing, or mm-hmm. not malty but caramely things. But uh, yeah, you can get into like your your red meats. You know, you could have a hamburger with this. It'd go yeah. nice with a nice hamburger. Um, you could even get to the smoky world if you were smoking like some smoked pork or something. Yeah. I mean, this would go nice with because there's oh, a yeah. lot of caramel. And it's only three three point three percent, but um, you know, eat away at some of those fats. You know, some yeah, of the fats, absolutely. the richness that's in your mouth. And um, yeah, it's kind of across the board. You could even you know. Some of these, some of the cheeses that even do have like the blue veiny cheeses, some of the stinky cheeses would go yeah. well with this. You know, if you're just doing like a little cheese board and then throw some meat on there, salami, you name it. Oh, you know, yeah. and some of the spicier meats might, you know, might not go well with a malty or caramely yeah. beer. But um, I think it's just it's fun just to trial and error. But like you can have fun like on a on a cheese board, have some like fun cheeses. You could put like dates on there, like uh, figs. You know, would oh, go nice yeah. with this because what I get from the wee heavy is a lot of datey figgy caramely kind of those flavors you know yeah. like where they put like a caramelized glaze or something um and it's it's almost like a, it is pretty much a dessert beer when you're getting high in alcohol like that right. there's a lot of caramel malt flavors but um so yeah that's uh it's a fun beer that especially at 3.3 percent it, it it won't get too it won't cut through and it won't mask too many things i Absolutely. think it's my opinion but yeah yeah uh thank you again for your time carl anything else you want to get out about either of these beers or brick and barrel before we head to the finale this is no that's i'm good thank you thank you for your time uh tune in next week for another episode here at brick and barrel